Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I'm doing well. I just finished a cup of mushroom coffee. Actually, it's not really coffee. It's like a coffee replacement. I do have some mushroom coffee mixtures, but this one is more like a chai kind of mix. Um, but it's got a nice blend of mushrooms like reishi and cordyceps and chaga and it's just, um, it's nice. It's kind of relaxing yet energetic all at the same time for the brain, if that makes any sense. And so if I've had a little too much coffee or I don't want to have too much coffee, but I still want something like that, sometimes I will switch gears into a mushroom alternative. And so that's what I did. And um, I am here and ready to chat with you today. And what I want to talk about today is a little glimpse into um, some things we've been doing in the Christian Health Club group. In the month of June, we spent it really dialing in our self-control around food. And we've been talking about and putting into practice some different strategies. Our daily scripture was focused on self-control verses. And I want to share some of that uh, with you today. And so I'm sharing some of the scripture reviews, some of the posts I've done, and just some of the strategies and ideas that we've talked about, especially when it comes to our heck yeahs. So I'm going to kick it off with the same verse I kicked off our, um, our month with, which is one of the verses that first comes to mind when we think of self-control, and it comes from Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And here is what I shared with the group when we kicked off our month. You can pick joy, you can pick peace, and you can pick self-control as surely as you can pick a piece of ripe, juicy fruit from a tree. God offers all believers the ability to grow a fruitful life with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us to lend us that strength and guidance. He is just waiting for us to pick him, to choose his way so that we may enjoy the bursting flavor of a more abundant life. But we have to be deliberate in our daily choice. Choose him, choose strength, and choose the health of our holy temples. So when it comes to self-control around food, the place we get most thrown off is what I call our heck yeahs. We get thrown off around our heck yeahs. You know, those foods that aren't necessarily good for us, but that we enjoy and we want to keep 
in our dietary repertoire, right? The thought of not having them for the rest of the li- of our lives, like having to never eat a cookie again is just, um, you know, is not appealing. And so it's a major component of Feast of Fast, you know, and why I came up with Feast of Fast actually was this an exact concept is just really teaching people how to find that place where real food meets real life. You know, because it would be great if we all ate real food the way God made it 100% of the time. Don't get me wrong, that would be ideal. That is what I encourage everyone to do. But most of us would like a little wiggle room, you know, have that ability to be able to, you know, eat cookies have a glass of wine, you know, or have actual chips with our guacamole and do that without guilt or shame or feel like we're making the wrong choice and we should never eat these again, you know, that kind of thing. I really like to help people live peaceably with food, especially with the carbs, which are, you know, where, what our heck are, they're in that carb category because, that's pretty much what trips us up most of the time. Um, you know, we're not overeating and feeling guilty about chicken and salad, right? It is the carbohydrate family that can get us into trouble when it comes to self-control. Um, so that's, you know, a major component of Feast of Fast. And by the way, the next round of Feast of Fast starts in August. I've been getting a lot of emails asking about that. And so um, summer is the only time or the biggest stretch we go without doing an active round of Feast of Fast, but we are going to have our next one starting eh, mid-August or so, kind of it's our, that back to school time, it's our back to school round, which, you know, who knows what school is going to look like this year with, you know, COVID still being a major issue. But either way, I think we can all agree it'll be time for a reset and just kind of, you know, regrounding ourselves Um, in the way that we're eating. So anyway, in the last few weeks of Feast of Fast, um, we cover what I call the heck yeah weeks. And it's when we bring in our heck yeahs, the foods that aren't great for us, but the ones we'd like, you know, to keep in our diet and not have to give up for forever. um, Or pretend we're going to give up, right? And then yo-yo diet around it. That is a problem a lot of us have. Like, I'm never eating bread again. And so you eat all the bread in the house, right, to get it out of the house. And then you go on your quote unquote diet for a week and then you eat all the bread again. So we got to find that place where we're just not going to pretend we're going to do that anymore. Um, And I think that Feast of Fast really does a good job of providing a, you know, reasonable solution for that. Um, So our overarching theme verse when it comes to um, heck yeah's comes from first Corinthians six twelve. It says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things build up. There's another translation that says, um, instead of not all things build up, it says, I will not be enslaved by anything. I like that translation as well. So when it comes to heck yeah's, we have to consider three things. Number one, all foods are lawful. They are allowed. They are on the table, okay? 
So when we, when we are going into our Hekyao weeks, it's the thing, it's like, okay, all, you know, all restrictions off here. Like you could eat anything you want. You know, everything is considered lawful and allowed at this time. But the second thing we consider is we choose only what's worth it to us. Only what makes us say, heck yeah. I think this is where a lot of people go wrong. They never even think about this. You know, it's just they try to operate in the world, you know, with all of these foods on the table all the time. Like every cookie, cracker, chip, donut, baked good, you know, alcohol, whatever it is, all of these things like are lawful. But then we've got to just dial that in a little bit and decide what's really worth it to us. Okay. And so that is what we do. Um, and that's why I call it heck yeah. If it doesn't make you say heck yeah, it's heck no. And so in Feast to Fast, we make a list of our top 10 heck yeahs and we get really specific, specific about what is worth it for us. Um, so for example, on my list are crackers. Um, but I'm not going to just leave it at crackers. I'm going to get even more discerning, which is what we're doing here is just being very discerning around our food. And so with crackers, um, I'm not going to eat any old cracker. That's not worth it. I love Mary's gone crackers. Um, the real thins. And I also like simple mills, almond, um, crackers. And those are, they're gluten, you know, those are gluten free. They're really good. And I'm not going to waste my time on some nasty cardboard rice cracker. I'm sorry if you love rice crackers. That's great. That would be a heck yeah for you. Not for me. That is not a cracker that's worth it. So anyway, you see what I mean here. We're getting really specific, very discerning and making our list, um, sitting down and actually putting some thought into it. Like, what do I really love? What is so worth it to me? And so um, that's what we do. And then the third thing that we have to consider here is that we've got to avoid addictive foods, the foods that we can't stop eating, the, the foods that enslave us, as this verse says, you know, that might trigger us into, um, into overeating or making poor choices, that kind of thing. So what's great about this strategy, you know, this one, two, three, all foods are lawful, but then we choose what's worth it. And then we, um, we avoid or we kind of rule out the addictive foods. And what's great about this strategy is that it makes you in charge of the process. It trips your brain in a different way um, than most diets, I think, because it's all about your choice. You know, the problem with so many diets is that your brain wants to go into defense mode. The minute someone else tells you, you can't have this, or you can't have that, or you can never, um, you can never have sweets again, or, you know, whatever it is, your brain wants to rebel. And it's when you feel deprived, restricted, and told to, you know, that your brain's like, oh, yeah, watch this. But when you are intentional, when you intentionally think, I can have anything, but I don't want things that aren't worth it, make me feel bad or make the wheels totally come off, then it keeps you in the driver's seat. It puts your brain in proactive mode 
instead of reactive mode. And you are the only person that knows what's best for you and can make those choices, knows what's worth it. You are in charge. You have your own back. And that is the beauty of, um, of doing this. And so by choosing your top 10 heck yeahs, you know, we're really setting our own boundaries of what's really worth it to us. Now, the word boundary can be a trigger for some people because it might conjure up that idea of deprivation. But you got to look at it in the sense that boundaries give us freedom. And there's another verse I like um, when we are working on Hekiahs and Feast of Fast. And it comes from Proverbs 25, 28. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. It's the walls, the boundaries that keep us safe. These, you know, these, the heck yeah boundaries, our list here of what's really worth it, keep us safe. But when the walls around us crumble, it's like a total free for all if we do not have that. And I like to use this analogy of how we use boundaries, you know, when our kids are little. I mean, when my kids were babies, you know, I did all the standard precautions. I put locks on the cabinets with dangerous contents. I blocked the stairs. I made them little enclosed play spaces out of like guard gates and stuff, you know, Um, because it seems like kids always want to go straight for the thing that they shouldn't. And it can be exhausting and terrifying for a mama. However, we want them to learn to crawl and walk and, you know, navigate around their space and the house and stuff. And so putting up boundaries gives them more freedom to move about safely and gives us as moms more peace in the process, right? And so it's very much the same when we set boundaries for ourselves when it comes to food. Without boundaries, it's a total free-for-all. It's like a toddler tumbling tumbling down the stairs it's a baby getting into dangerous chemicals it's a grown woman going straight for the foods that do not serve her so there is freedom in having boundaries there is self-control and self-control and structure and there is peace within the walls of discernment heck yeahs are your walls of discernment when those crumble It's like, you know, we are traveling in the wilderness of sugar and flour and alcohol, all the things out there. It's just dangerous territory. And it can become a real slippery slope. Um, And it's happened to even, you know, the best of us, you know, even some of us, um, a lot of us, you know, that go through Feast of Fast and we do this, you know, after a while, it can be that slippery slope where, uh, we get off track, we've kind of, you know, dynamited our boundary walls, (laughs) or we're kind of back to wandering in the wilderness, you know, or we're sticking to our heck yows, but we're going overboard on them. And so that is the reason I wanted to really take this month um, to work with the Christian Health Club members to really tighten that up. um, And really, regain and and teach ourselves how to maintain self-control so we're not getting um you know getting off track and so there are three ways that i advise my people you know um and that we went over actually just this last week this was just in one week part of what we did um over the month but here is what we talked about this last week number one get back to your top 10 
and your top 10 only for at least three months. So for some of you that are listening, you've never taken Feast to Fast, um, this, you know, all of this, the idea of heck yeah's or, you know, might be a new concept. But for those of you who um, have done Feast to Fast, and maybe it's, you know, been a while, um, this is nice review for you. And, and for those of you as well in the Christian Health Club that we have been talking about this, um, this is what we've been talking about doing is just really revisiting uh, your list and writing out that top 10 and then, you know, committing to that. Um, you know, if it's not on your list, it's not in your mouth, girlfriend. You know, and after three months, you can revisit and adjust your list if you want to. And this might be something um, to do that would be good to do seasonally. You know, like in the summertime, ice cream is on your heck yeah list. But in the winter, maybe there's a different suite that you want to gravitate toward, you know, and that you would enjoy including. But make your list and stick to it. Okay, so that's option one. Option two is to only eat your heck yeahs on feast days. So when someone is just starting out in Feast to Fast, I recommend they only include their heck yeahs on feast days. Okay, and as, but as someone becomes more and more practiced at living the Feast to Fast lifestyle, it is fine to eat a heck yeah on any day, um, as long as it stays within your carb load that you're trying to maintain. So for instance, if you want to have a glass of wine on a Tuesday, um, it's not necessarily a feast day, but you know, you're having this really beautiful meal and a glass of wine would go so lovely with it. Um, you know, you can do that. And you don't have to count it as a as a feast day, you can have a heck yeah on any old regular day, right? And still maintain a reasonable carb target that's um, honoring your body and, you know, keeping insulin under control, making you feel well, all those good things. That's totally doable. But if that is starting to get too slippery for you, um, then you might need to go back and only eat your heck yeahs on feast days, okay, and make that distinction and that separation for yourself. So that can be very helpful for some people. All right. And finally, option number three, um, the last way, another way you could get self control around your heck yeahs is just to track it, keep a food journal or use an app like my fitness pal so that you have more accountability. So one of the things that we did do this month, um, under this umbrella theme of self-control is we did a track your max challenge where we logged our food. Um, for those of us who don't like counting, that would be me and tracking, you know, and using numbers around food. Um, we don't do it on the reg, you know, I don't, but I think it is a good idea to do it every once in a while and check in on ourselves. It's a great accountability tool, you know, self accountability, um, and self control tool. And so I don't want to use it every day of my life. That's for sure. In fact, I mean, I, I didn't like doing it in our challenge this month. I was <laughs> very upfront with the people. I'm like, I don't like doing this. But it, you know, I know that it would be good for me. And good for y'all for those of you who are in the same boat as I am and really despise tracking. Um, sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do just to check in with ourselves and, um, you know, see if we are on the right track. And so I'm really glad I did it. And um, honestly, I'm not sure I would have if I didn't have 
the Christian Health Club um, doing it in there. I mean, they are just as much of an accountability partner for me as, you know, the entire group is for them. I mean, I posted my, you know, my my fitness pal charts and um, actually, oh my gosh, y'all, it was like the week that the Track Your Max Challenge, the week that we had it, was the week I was out of town and visiting my family and visiting like trying to visit all my friends and um, I went to Houston I went near Austin I saw a bunch of people I love and love to hang out with and eat good food and drink wine it was like the worst week ever <laughs> to have to track your macronutrients um, but I did it maybe it was a good time if you look at it from the flip side because um, I was, I sure was heck yawing. And so that did give me, um, you know, a little bit of, a little bit more self-control, you know, as I was doing it because I was logging it in and like, Ooh, look at this carb load adding up here. Um, so it probably actually was a good week. It just made it hard cause I was out of my routine and it was just, you know, when you're already out of your routine and then adding something in, it makes it difficult, but I got through it and I, I'm not sure I would have done it if I didn't, like I said, have the people, all us people in the Christian health club together to um, be there, like expecting me to, you know, to, for me to show up and they're showing up and we're all, you know, looking at each other's, um, you know, their graphs, the daily graphs of how their macronutrients hit. Anyway, it was just, I was really grateful, you know, that that I had the group for support during that time because I needed to y'all. Um, so anyway, those are the three options um, to stick to your top 10 heck yeahs for three months. Only eat your heck yeahs on feast days or track. Okay, you could do one of those or you could do a combo of those and really throw that rope around your eating to rein it back in for self control. All right. So that's what I would suggest to any of you who, um, like I said, if you've been in feast to fast and you're not with us in the Christian health club, but you find yourself kind of veering off track, wandering back in the sugar flower alcohol wilderness, you know, with all things are lawful, but not being discerning, go back to one of those. Um, that would be a good thing to do. And if you're new to the whole concept, then just, yeah, take this in and you can apply it as well. There are a few other things I want you to keep in mind while we're on this topic. When it comes to choosing your heck yeahs, you have to be honest with yourself about what foods you moderate well. Okay, if you're familiar with the book Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin, um, then you'll know about this concept of being a moderator versus an abstainer. So she says you're a moderator if you, one, find that occasional indulgences heighten your pleasure, like you get, you really can appreciate um, when you do indulge and just strengthens your resolve. So you, you moderate well, okay? Um, or um, you are a good moderator or being a moderator is good for you if you get panicky at the thought of never getting or doing something again. Like again, like if you're thinking, I can never have a cookie again, and that that drives you off the edge and makes you eat all the cookies. Um, well, you know, then you might try to be a moderator. But the thing is, moderators are able to moderate when they're eating their heck yes. So for instance, uh, they could have a square or two of chocolate and not the whole bar. They could have one or two 
cookies, you know, and not the whole pan or not the whole box. Um, they can have a glass or two of wine a few days a week, but not three to four or the whole bottle every single night. Okay, it's being able to moderate that well and really enjoy the food while you're eating it, that real um, dialed in portion, you know, a reasonable portion, and then leaving it at that and doing well with that. Or if you can't be a moderator, then you need to consider abstaining from it. So Gretchen Rubin says you are an abstainer if you one have trouble starting something, stopping something once you start it. And two, you um, do better and you're not tempted by things that you have decided are off limits. Okay. And so even though it sounds harder to be an abstainer, it can actually make it easier. For instance, I have abstained from gluten for years. It is a hard boundary for me. It is a hard heck no for me. And I truthfully am not tempted by it. I can be sitting at a restaurant, you know, with a big basket of bread on the table and everyone's passing it around. And I don't even think twice about it. And I'm not sad about it, which I think is the, the best part of the freedom here. It's not like I'm wish I could have that bread. You know, it's just literally not in my realm of consideration. And like, you know, there's just so much freedom in that it takes out that negotiation in your head, you know, and the, the mind drama and that the devil and the angel battle going on in your brain about whether or not you're going to eat it. It's just a no, you know, period, the end. So foods that are overly tempting to you and instigate a lot of mind drama and poor self control um, might be worthy abstaining from. Um, at least for a while, you know, so, um, you know, a heck yeah, if you've got something on your list, that you it is a heck yeah, like it is so worth it, and you will love it. But you know, that you do not moderate well around it. One of those for me is a uh, granola. And I go in and out of having that on my list. I just really need to abstain from it because y'all know like granola is like a serving size of a quarter cup or a third cup. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I just can't. I want more. It's so delicious. And then my belly hates me after granola because I overdo it. If I could just moderate it and have it in a reasonable portion, it would be fine. You know, not a big deal. That's why granola is such a small portion because it is heavy and dense and a little goes a long way. But the taste, it's like, you know, that podcast I did about party in your mouth. It's so delicious. I just want to keep eating it. So um, that is one that I really need to abstain from because I have problems around it. Um, for a while there, I was doing really good with it, but then I kind of went off the edge again. Anyway, okay. Um, but when it, when we were talking about this in, um, in the Christian Health Club, there was just another verse that I shared with the group um, that, that I came across and came to mind um, when, it, when it comes to all this. And it comes from 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so here's how, of course, you know, with my, the lens God puts over my eyes, this is immediately what I thought of and what I wrote 
um, in the club, I said, whatever is roaring at you from the pantry to come and eat it is likely not the food that is serving you best. We have to be aware of the obsessive or impulsive voice in our head that tempts, justifies, bargains, and hurries us with food. That voice often sounds like, if you eat all the cookies today, they'll be out of the house so you can start over tomorrow. Or, it's just one more glass, it's fine. Or, you never get to eat this, better do it while you can. Sometimes the voice is so loud, so strong, and so seemingly reasonable that we don't want to hear the truth about what we're doing. So remember that heck yeahs are planned, deliberate, savored, and appreciated. They are softer, quieter, and self-controlled. They are the lamb and not the lion. All right, friends, I hope that today's podcast has given you some strategy or some insight um, and a little scriptural boost. Remember that the next round of Feast of Fast will start in the latter half of August. So whether you will be joining us as a newbie, a repeater, or a member of the Christian Health Club, go ahead and write that into your um, the calendar in your brain <laughs> so that we can put these things into practice together. Before I go, I'm going to leave you with one more verse. Um, that I shared this month in the club, and it comes from 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, for the spirit of God gave us, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And remember y'all, the self-discipline comes best from a place of power, love, and faith. When it comes from fear, like, I can never have it again it's doomed to fail. Fear is impulsive. Fear is deprivation. Fear is extreme. Fear is worry. Fear is a whip on your spirit. Real self-control comes from a place, a place of love for your body and the maker of your body. It comes from finding peace and boundaries. It comes from faith and the holy power within you. Self-discipline is freedom. It spares you the impulsive binging, the unsustainable deprivation, the extreme diets, and the worry that you'll never pull out of this unhealthy cycle. Self-control is not about chains. It's about wings. It's operating in the freedom of being your best self. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening and being with me today. Have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.